so cohesive. It's so, com- it's so connected to each other. It's amazing. You know why? Because it had the one author. Really, even though I've talked about 40 different authors, it says about this book, and we read it this morning, that God actually breathed upon it. So the Holy Spirit is the author, ultimately. An incredible book. And it's lasted centuries, hasn't it? People have tried to destroy it, burn it, get rid of every copy in the world. It's never happened to this day. You know, we all have. Do you know it's the best-selling book in the world? 2,000 copies of this will be sold or given away today in the next 24 hours. Best-selling book in the world. It's been translated into 2,018 languages at the moment and counting. You know, even the, one of the most um, uh, uh, prolific writers, William Shakespeare, has only had his manuscripts translated into 50 languages, and yet the Bible is translated into over 2,000. There must be something for that to be happening at the Bible. There must be something good about it. Amazing, isn't it? And you know, uh, this book is so popular, it has lasted the test of time is because God has overseen its history. And as I said, every scripture is God-breathed. God-breathed. Um, God has overseen every verse. And you know, God has breathed upon even the uncomfortable ones when you read it. And so, well, that's uncomfortable for me. God's breathed upon the ones that confuse you or challenge you. Or sometimes you say, oh, I don't know if I can even grasp that. Or even if I, you might say, oh, I don't know if I even agree with that. And God forbid, God forbid, but that's the reality. God breathed on all of it, even the ones you don't like. That's it. And it says in this scripture, it's not only good for teaching and training. Um, oh, sorry, it is good for teaching and training. And all the parts of the scripture are good for teaching and training. Not just the nice parts that I enjoy. You know, God wants to bless me. But, you know, all the other bits that say things like, you know, wake up, grow up. It even talks about how the scripture can rebuke and correct us. And, you know, we think about that and you might say, well, I don't really need to be rebuked and correct. But, you know, we all do. We all do. Because there's there's always times we divert from the path that we really want to live. But we find things pulls us away, whether, you know, there's desires that are wrong or whatever. It just pulls us away. There's always the temptations to walk away from truth. And, and so we do need correcting. We do need to be brought back on the path. And, and you know, we, God wants to do that. And we say, well, just wait a second. I, I, we don't, I don't enjoy that. And God wants to, you know, I read something and it's going to challenge my heart. You know, I want to tell you why God does challenge us and rebuke us and correct us. It's because ultimately he wants to show you truth, truth that will actually bring life. And so we see the word of God says that God only disciplines those he loves. So if you feel like when you read God's word, it disciplines you, be encouraged because you have a God that loves you. The world often will rebuke and correct you and never give you encouragement or never build you up. But God's not like that. He wants to continually build you up and strengthen you. That's why he'll discipline us. I think that's a pretty good book and that's a pretty good God. I think God's mercies are great towards us. It's a message. The Bible's a message for humanity. It makes sense of my experiences sometimes. It makes sense of the good and bad experiences that we have. And, and we may ask the question, why write it? Well, the Bible says so that we may be people who are complete. Probably more, a better thought is that we are becoming more complete because ultimately heaven will be the only place will be ultimately complete. But that should not stop us from seeking to continue to read his word and say, God, complete me. And the, the thought has to be, does that mean I'm incomplete? Absolutely. 
We're not complete yet. We're, we're incomplete. There's still some equipping that needs to happen. Um, there's still imperfections that God wants to help us with so that we can enjoy life, that we can have a whole life. Um, he, he doesn't want to be, it says in the word, thoroughly equipped. He doesn't want to just equip us a little bit. He wants to thoroughly equip us. That's the power of this book. And he says, why? For every good work. He wants us to do good things. And not that that will bring salvation. We don't do good things so that we can have salvation. We do it because we have salvation already. And out of that flows the desire to, hey, I want it. Do something in this world that's positive and helping other people. And the Word of God gives us direction on how to do that. Everything uh, that he has, he's, you know, he, have we ever felt inadequate? Of course we have. Inadequate to do certain things or maybe share our faith or pray for sick or, or inadequate in our marriage or inadequate in parenting or inadequate in relationships or blowing this. I want to tell you, don't look at your past or where you're blowing it. Just look at what the Bible says about your future. It's very encouraging. And he wants to equip us. He wants to help us take from this point onwards. It's, I tell you what, it's an incredible book because it doesn't want to take you to the past. It wants to take you to a wonderful future that God promises. The promises of God, it says in Scripture, are yes and amen. What's that mean? Well, all his promises are yes and amen to you. Not maybe or possibly. No, yes. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Yes. I can be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves me. Yes very powerful you know say oh don't think about that much well you need to start to you need to start so i want to talk to you today about the word of god i want to talk to you about two things about god's word because i find god's word in reading it in meditating upon it there's a process but there also comes times when there's not just a process but there's an explosion i want to explain it to you this morning because this book is a book of processes and explosions and you might think, what in the world are you talking about? Well, just listen. Process for a moment. People have said to me and people have said to you, when I read this book, I, you know, I don't seem to get anything out of it. You know, um, other people come to me and say, oh, I got this out of the Bible. I read this and I have this. And, and, I, and people have said, I stand there and all and go, really? Where did you get that from? And wow, wow, amazing. And you may say, I don't get anything out of it. Um, and, and nothing jumps off the page at me. But, and you can say, well, nothing seems to happen. But I want to tell you, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Let me show you a verse and we'll dive off from there. In, in Isaiah 55, it just says this. Verses 10 to 11. Have we not connected my thing? Obviously not. No, someone might have to run back there and fix it up for me. Thank you. So, Isaiah 55. Are you, got your own, you can turn your Bible there. Verse 10 and 11. Here we go. Let me read it to you. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven... And do not return there, but earth that water the earth, and make it bring forth the bud, that it may give seed to the sow and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Okay, let's just give that some thought for a moment. Think about it. It's saying as rain comes down, as the snow melts, what happens is it, um, there's something happens. It does something good. You know when it rains, we're all seeing when it rains, what does it do? Water pearls on the ground. And you know, it's interesting 
while I could go to sleep and the next morning the water has, is all gone. It's not pooled there anymore. It's gone somewhere. Where is it gone? It's gone into the soil. It goes down there and the roots of trees and grass and flowers and everything sucks up the moisture and it comes out and it grows more leaves and more flowers and more branches and more limbs. So the water does something to the thing. But you know the reality is you don't see the growth because it's beneath the ground. And you know when you read the Word of God, what you're doing is you're pooling God's Word in your heart. And you know what? You say, well, it doesn't seem to be doing anything. No, it's doing something because it's growing. You can't see it because there's a process happening. And you might say, but I'm not getting anything. That's okay. Keep reading because you just need to keep pooling. Just keep pooling. Just keep going because your reality is it's going to do something. You've heard me say this before, but you know what? I don't remember the meal that my wife gave me this time last year. But you know, I'm sure glad I ate it because it sustained me because I'm here today because I've continued to eat it. I don't remember the scripture I read this time last year. I would have read on this particular day last year a Bible verse, I'm sure. I don't remember it, but I'm glad I did because, you know, there's a process of sustaining me. And sometimes we forget that process. And that's we say, well, what? the Bible doesn't seem to get anything out of it. Why don't you just keep purling? Because that is going to soak into your life and start to produce some fruit. Maybe not necessarily straight away, but eventually. It's better than Woman's Day. It's better than your idea. It's even better than my running magazines. Hard to say, but it is. It's better than what some of the stuff we read. It's better than television. <laughs> even though I enjoy television. But it's better. Because, you know, it... Something happens, something happens. Um, you might say, yeah, yeah, that's nice to hear, but you know what, I just don't get to seem to get, out of, get anything out of it. You know, sometimes ground can be a little hard, but you know, the more rain that you get on the ground, the more the rain will slowly seep in and start to soften the soil. And the more, you might say, well, you know, the truth is, the reality is that maybe you're just, there's just a little bit of hardness there. Why don't you let the Word of God just soak in and start to soften the soil? Soften the heart. The psalmist said, I've hidden his word in my heart that I may not sin, you know. Sin creates hardness. His word softens it and takes us away from that. And so dissipates the hardness and creates a softness to God's word and God's truth and not living by this world. Amen. You know, just keep pooling. Just keep reading because the word of God will... Eventually get in. You know, the Bible says it never returns void. It will always accomplish what God wants it to accomplish if we allow it. Isn't that wonderful? You know what? We just need to give prolonged exposure to God's Word. Give prolonged exposure. Continue to allow your heart to be exposed to it. Because we give exposure to other things in the world. Why not the truth of God's Word? Why not it as well? More than anything else. Prolonged exposure. I'm always amazed at the ability for water, when it's just dripping, how it has a, a, an ability to actually change the structure of what it's dripping on if it constantly is given a chance to do that. Stalactites and stalagmites are formed because constantly water just starts to drip. Have you ever been to any cave formations in Australia or around the world? It's amazing, but it just takes time. There's a process happening. And you know, I want to get it home. You say, well, I'm not getting anything out of it. The process is, it's okay. The process is probably unfolding. Keep on reading. Keep on reading. 
And water has a way of changing the structure. It can drip onto cement. One of the hardest, you know, the hard cement, and yet water consistently dripping on cement will eat away the lime in there, and it will expose the aggregate, the stones underneath. And, and so it changes the structure of it. Isn't it amazing? Such a soft little thing like water, and yet it can change such a hard thing like cement. Don't you think God could do that in your life as well, in other people's lives? It's called prolonged exposure. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep doing what you know is the right thing. Keep on reading it. You know, I've always believed in what we speak into our children as they grow up. If you continue to speak truth to them, you know what? Um, the Bible actually says this. If you prolong, expose them to the truth constantly, consistently, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That verse is all about prolonged exposure. Just give them the truth. Now, you know, Truth is, is when my daughters were growing up from little ones, I would always say the same thing to them. I'd speak over their life and I'd say, do you know what you are? And some of you know where I'm going because I've told before. And I would tell them and they'd say, what, Dad? And I'd say, you're a champion. And as they got a little older, I'd go, you know what you are? And they'd go, yeah, we know, Champion. And so they didn't look like it was really happening. But, I, you know, as my daughters have grown, I can see champion qualities in each of their lives. And I think, where did that come from? Just ex prolonged exposure to the truth. So if we give our hearts to God's truth, and, you know, you say, well, I've read, I've read the Bible. Well, read it again. Read it again. It takes 12 verses, apparently, just every day, and you'll read the Bible in a year. How's that? So prolonged exposure. Come on, continue to input. Continue to input. Now, you, now I, want to, I want to encourage you because the Word of God says, hey, even though uh, children may one day, uh, they might wander away, I tell you what, if you place something in their hearts, they shall, it won't return void. And they will be trained by it and they'll have to come back. Amen? See, prolonged exposure. The Word of God is powerful. Whatever you do consistently will change you. Be careful what you do. When you continue to read the Bible, you realize it could change you. It's moving you from old mindsets to, good, to godly mindsets, uh, and you start to see things change. Okay, and you might say this morning, well, that's nice, that's good, but I've never received that kind of that wow moment when I'm reading the Bible. Well, just wait a second, that's called the explosion. So you've got the process, but you've got an explosion. Sometimes... You know, you say, I'll never get the thunder and lightning like other people say. You know, they come out with these incredible revelations from God's word. And I go, well, I never get that. But you know what? Just keep going. Keep reading. The explosion. Some things. You know what explosion is? When it leaps off the page and it explodes in your heart and you say, well, that's life changing. That's an incredible thought. It's called revelation. It's called, which is the revealed word of God. You know, we have this wonderful two words in, in, this, in the um, Bible. It doesn't actually say these words, but the original Greek it was, in Hebrew it was, is the word logos, which is the written word. And then there's the word rima, which is the revealed word, the revelation word. We, probably most of us know that. You know, and it's, the logos is when we keep on ruling, uh, reading, 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 pooling, 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 and let it change us. The revealed word is the, rev, you know, the rima word, which is a revelation of, wow, that's for me right now in my circumstance. You know, that's the explosion moment. And this is what Scripture says in, in Jeremiah 23, it says, is not my word, this is Jeremiah, one of the major prophets, he says, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. 
There we go. God's word says it's like a fire, but it's also like a hammer. Can you get, can you get a picture of that hammer this morning? Because the Bible often, is in situ- often talks in pictures. And when you read the Bible, we don't have the privilege of knowing what the author, the inspired author was writing at the time, but they, they tell us often what they say, what they were looking at. When David wrote, The Lord is my shepherd, David's probably sitting looking over a bunch of sheep with a couple of shepherds, and he's writing this Psalm 23. So the Bible, you've you got to try and grasp the pictures of what they see. So the word here is, it says the word is like a hammer, and it just wasn't a little hammer. It was a massive hammer that actually broke rocks. It's a sledgehammer. Can you get that picture? That's what God's word can be like. It's an explosive moment. It's, it's, it wants to, and you know, I find God's word, when you get a revelation, it's, it, it, it destroys old mindsets and brings new mindsets into your mind. It brings new thoughts. It destroys those things that talk negative to you. Things like, ah, oh, you know, I'll never achieve or I'll, I'll never succeed or, you know, I'm always going to have this problem. I'm always going to have this temptation. I'm always going to be falling. And all the lies that wants to come upon your life, well, they're the rocks that God wants to destroy with the explosion of God's word in your heart. So we've got to see that... Um, God's word is this massive hammer that God just says, you know, I can do amazing things. It's the revelation word. Um, you know, and, and when you take the process of reading God's word, often if you, you know, meditate, you know the reason we, we need to meditate on God's word? You know, sometimes, sometimes don't read chapters of God's word. Just read a passage. Just meditate upon that for 24 hours. Think, meditate means just to ponder and think. Just take a verse and think about it when you're driving. You know, it's, it, you know when, whatever you're doing, just clear your mind for a moment. I love this morning. Just clear your mind, Malcolm said. Just sit there for a second. We don't often do that, do we? Clear your mind. Just meditate upon a word. You know, what is it really saying? Um, you know, look at, look at Bible verses and say, what is that really saying? You know, there's, there's some incredible Bible verses in Proverbs that says, you know, a jewel of stone in an in a, um, in a woman, uh, a woman who is adulterous is like a, uh, a gold ring in a pig's nose. Think about that for a second. That's a picture, isn't it? Are all women like pigs with gold? No, no, no. They may, what it's saying is it may look good, but it's just saying that if you, you, know, if you indulge in the mud, you're going to get dirty and it's going to destroy your life. So just, I don't know, just meditate upon God's truth. Give yourself time, because when you allow the process, then we can set ourselves up to receive some revelation. But sometimes we don't give enough time just to meditate, and because you don't meditate, you never revelate. It's not a word, but it's my word. You never have the revelation because you never have the meditation. It wants to come explosions in our life. God wants to, to speak to you through his word. God speaks several ways. He'll speak through the word of God. He'll speak through that still small voice. He'll speak um, through even those other Christian people that you trust and um, know love you. Um, he'll, he'll speak uh, through signs and wonders, but he, will, he wants to speak. I'm, I know the reality is that God wants to speak a lot more than we listen. And his word is a wonderful way for that to happen. We need to just sometimes meditate. Stop. Clear the brain. Think. Hey, that's a good thing, isn't it? Just think. Sometimes we run from, from 
issue to issue and struggle to struggle. We just need to stop sometimes. So get off this merry-go-round and start to just think about good things. Think on, Paul says to Philippians, think on things that are good and pure and right and just and worthy of praise and thanksgiving. Think about those things. Come on, when was the last time you thought about that? I think we need to think. You know, when, when God created the world, he created a wonderful thing called light. Being the sun was there and it created light and warmth and everything that we needed so much of. And in a 24-hour period, we have periods of light and then we have periods of darkness. But when you think about that picture, the reality is light is always there. It just happens to be around the other side of the world sometimes. But even when the sun is around the other side of the world, light is still here because darkness isn't out of some source. Darkness is because there's an absence of light. And when the sun comes up in the morning, guess what? The light is there. And even in darkness, light's there. It's just that it's not as much. Light, we don't have to create the light, just like we don't have to create revelation because some of us say, oh, I've got to get revelation. I've got to, I've got to create some revelation. You don't have to create any revelation. Just like light is there, revelation is there. It's just that you need to receive it. You need to put yourself in a position to receive it. And sometimes we sit on this side of the world in darkness and say, I can't get anything out of this word. I can't get anything out of the Bible. Well, just keep on reading because guess what? The morning is coming. That's why I think God says things like his mercies in you every morning. What is he really saying? He's saying, you know, my grace and love and mercy for you is, 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 can be a revelation when the light shines on my word. See, there may be a sense of darkness, but keep reading because there's always a morning. There's always a time when the light's going to come and the revelation's going to kind of unfold. It's just that we've got to just give some time to it. God's truth, God's word. You know, Scripture is breathed, as I said before. And when God breathed upon the Scripture, he breathed upon the authors of the Scripture, upon the, those who wrote it, like the Lukes and the Matthews and the Johns and the Peters and the Pauls and the Ruths and, and all those people and Moses who wrote Scripture, Old and New Testament. And you know what? God watched over his word to perform it. So when God breathed upon those who wrote it, don't you think he's also going to breathe upon those who read it? Because he watches over his word to perform it. So he wants to breathe upon you and his breath, his presence is so powerful. And the same Holy Spirit who breathed on the writer wants to breathe on the reader. And you're a candidate for that because he wants to breathe on you as you read God's word. I want to challenge you today and invite you to start the read the Bible every day. But even more than that, I want to challenge you to I want you to invite someone to help to read with you. Could you get someone to read with you? What I want to do is make you realize the Holy Spirit. Invite him to read with you. Because he's there. Because we can read this book. And uh, you know what? When Mosel pick up, we Moswell pick up the Woman's Day or New Idea. Because if you don't read it without just asking maybe God just to show you some truth, it is just as good as any daytime dreary show on television or any other magazine. It's useless. But you know, when you ask God to breathe on you, when you read it, you can really get some incredible revelation and truth from it. You just need to ask someone to be with you when you read it. And that's the Holy Spirit. He's the corrector. He's the teacher. He's the revealer. He's the exploder. 
of truth into your heart. He's the, it can be like that hammer, or it can be like the water, the process, unfolding God's scriptures and words and truths. Michelle made me a carrot cake this week. I love carrot cakes. It's got the five food groups. <laughs> Dairy, vegetables. That'll do. That's all I need. Yeah, who, who needs all the other stuff? <laughs> anyway, when Michelle mixes it in a bowl, you know, she puts um, carrots. Um, I wouldn't have any, you know, flour, some baking soda, you know, those type of stuff. And, you know, I go in there in anticipation. I'm standing there, oh, this is going to be good. You know, put the spoon in the dry mixture, folks, and it just doesn't, it's unpalatable. Would you agree? It just doesn't make for very good eating. But you put some of the liquid in there, put some eggs, put some moisture into that cake, bake it. My goodness, it is worth eating. It's, it's incredible. Uh, you got to, It's just that the dry mixture, uh, all those elements are, are very important for the final outcome, but it's not palatable until you get some liquid, some moisture into that mixture and then produce the cake. I want to say the Bible is unpalatable until you just say, Holy Spirit, I got, the, I got the ingredients. I've got the word. I've got a brain. I've got some eye, eyeballs I actually can see. There's the mixture. I just need your fresh presence upon my heart to understand it and read it. And when he does that, my goodness, the outcome is incredible. You're sitting here today because of the incredible things that God has spoken to your heart or what's happened in your life because of the truth and the promises of God's word. Do not give up on his promises. His promises are yes and what? Amen to you. Amen so, means so let it be. Let it be. God wants to take your life, your word, and produce incredible mixture. It's palatable. It's whole. It's healthy. Can we stand this morning as we close this service? We need God. Uh, we need His Holy Spirit. If you, have, if you have just the Holy Spirit and no word, they say you blow up. If you have just the word and no Holy Spirit, you'll shrink. But if you have the Holy Spirit and the word of God, you'll grow up. And I think that's incredible and that's what we need. So my prayer in my heart would be for you that you take... God's word and continue to realize how powerful it is. It's God's message to us. It's God's truth, his, his direction, his wisdom, his everything that we need. It's a process as we keep on reading, as we keep on pooling the water in our lives. It's the hammer that revelation will ex just bring explosion. So let me just pray for you today. Father, I thank you for every person because every person is precious. And I just sense particularly someone today in this service needs to know that God, um, um, your mercy, whoever it is, God's mercy and love for you is new this morning. When you got up, God wants to let you know. Someone needs to hear that today in the service because you just feel like God's mercy has run out or you don't really think that, but it seems like everything has crowded your life and you just wonder sometimes, God, are you still there? I want to tell you, God is still there. 
God is still there. In that circumstance you face, in that situation. So, Father, I pray for all people today. And I ask that, Lord, your word, Father, would become precious to us. That we would give it time and not just, um, you know, just, not just seconds, but give it minutes, lots of minutes to read. That, Father, we would take a hold of it. And as we read the physical word, that your spiritual word, that revelation would become into our heart. And we just know that we know that you're speaking to us. Father, there's people this morning that have never actually had a revelation out of your word. And, that, and they really, I just pray that they would as they read, that you'd, even this week, as they spend time in your truth, and that they'd hear clearly for them personally, I ask, and I commit them to you, and I commit this church to you now. And I thank you for every person, Lord. Put your hand of grace and love on them today, that they may know that they may know today of your great love and your mercies on you every morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, Amen. Come on, let's just sing one more song as we close this service this morning. Thank you.